Hello, everyone, again. Hello. Um, I'm not going to keep you long. We had quite a few things going on. But um, I want what God wants to say to reach a depth in our hearts. Amen? So let's quickly pray and just put our minds back on God. Lord, thank you that you are here, that you love your people. Thank you for little Zuvan. Thank you for the Uber family, Lord. Zan's family, Zanri's family. Thank you for this church as a family, Lord. You are so good to us. May your word bless us tonight, change us, transform us. Your word is good news. It's, it's not the angry God showing us what we are doing wrong. You come tonight to be good to us through your word. And we want to thank you for that. Amen. Awesome. So we are busy in a little bit of a sermon series called Crossing Over, Crossing Over, Moving, Spiritually Growing, um, Gaining the Faith to Take Maybe a Step of Faith that You've Been Putting Aside for a Long Time. Okay. Um, I've got just one more announcement before we go on. Sondag 10 December is ons laaste sondag vir die jaar. Okay, we close for three Sundays. Give all the volunteers some break and send you guys to go on holiday. We're going to have a morning service and afterwards we're going to have a picnic by the dam. Okay, this is a once-off morning service. It's not a starting a morning service. It's a once-off. We're just going to do it as a family because we can. We're going to change from evening to morning that one day. And then one day we're going to do it in Afrikaans. All right? As our finishing off. Okay? If you are English, we will have our slides in English and we'll mention one or two English words on the way. Okay? <laughs> so that you may feel what the Afrikaans people feel like most of the time. Okay? <laughs> um, we'll, we'll have this slide coming up again and again. Um, everyone with me, Vainetsu, and say, yes, kijk naar die oulangsje en sê, ons kyf ochend toe vir een dag. So, Lorenzo, you can't wake up 12 o'clock that day, okay? Nearly Anne. <laughs> if Leanne comes alone, we know where Lorenzo is. <laughs> awesome. So, tonight, crossing over part four. If you want to get it, it's on the internet. Find it at the info desk or the smart people behind that desk if you want to know how to get a hold of sermons. Crossing over, part four, crossing over on a stretcher. Niop stretchni. Okay. Crossing over on a stretcher. All right. We're going to read a piece of scripture together, and then we're going to head into it. If you want to take your own Bible, Mark chapter 2, Marcus, with the Twitter, that's where we will be living today. Verse 1, and when he returned to Capernaum after some days, it was reported that he was at home. Okay, Alaprat van Jesus talking about him. And many were gathered together so that, the, so that there was no more room, not even at the door. And he was preaching the word to them. And they came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four Man, okay, a paralytic is a man that cannot walk. Paraplech, ne? 
Alright? And when they could not get near him, near Jesus, because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And when they had made an opening, they let down the bed on which the paralytic lay. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some of the scribes were sitting there and questioning in their hearts, Why does this man speak like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And immediately Jesus, perceiving in his spirit that they thus questioned within themselves, said to them, Why do you question these signs in your hearts? Okay, just picture. Man comes through the roof. It's not an ordinary day. Okay. The Jesus says your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees does not like it because they don't believe Jesus to be God. So they say he's blaspheming. Okay, so they are criticizing Jesus. Everyone with me? Which is easier, this is Jesus speaking, to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, rise, take up your bed, and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, take up your bed and go home. Just follow me for a second before we get into it. So to say to someone, your sins are forgiven. No one can see it. Are you with me? Peter uh, heard That's my opinion, but you can't see it. All right. Renier is a good man. It's my opinion. I do believe it, but no one can see it. So Jesus says, your sins are forgiven. That's an upfront terms, a term for the Pharisees. They shock. But what they can see is that a man that was on a bed could not walk, now walk. Can you, can you see? So in a way they could say, oh, like a chatter, chatter. You say your sins are forgiven. What does it mean? You don't even have authority to say it. And then he says, okay, get up and walk. And the man gets up. Okay, so but first he said something spiritual and then he showed who he was by showing them something they can understand and that is that if a man that has never walked can walk, then this man must be God. Okay, that, that's more or less what's happening in that little home that day. I say to you, rise, pick up your bed and go home. And he rose immediately and picked up his bed and went out before them all, so that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw anything like this. I want to show you a quick video clip before we go on. Okay, we've got a man that's been carried to Jesus, right? Let's quickly look at this very spiritual video. <sighs> we're friends like those. So here is my um, summary. Just some, my, it's my background on the man being carried to Jesus. He actually only had a sprained ankle at the beginning, okay. And then the town sent a few men to carry him, all right. But after a few stretch of failures, his body gave in and he became a paraplegic, all right. Afterwards, God sent angels to carry him. And lower him through a roof. That's my that's my summary. I'm, I'm I'm just playing around. You know the guy at the pool of Bethesda, 
Okay, he was he needed healing. So these guys came and offered to carry him on a on a stretcher. He said, "Just leave me here." And then, luckily, Jesus found him because if, if more guys had to carry him around, uh, just some fun, guys, just some fun. Now imagine these guys. We've got humans on a flat field that can't carry a stretcher. They lower a man through a roof without butchering the operation. So they must have some serious skills back there in Capernaum, you know, because it looks like humans can't keep a person on a stretcher. So tonight, um, after a few laughs, just five things to remember when you cross over with a stretcher, okay? Five things out of this piece that we need to take with us as a church, okay? Let's, let's head into it. I'm going to take certain parts of the scripture and bring it to an application. And they came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. And when they could not get near him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And when they had made an opening, they lay down the bed on which the paralytic lay. Just for interesting sake, the, the houses back then, uh, they looked a bit different. So they, they did not have roofs with a, with a slope. Okay. Um, it was a flat roof. So the houses were not particularly big. So the roof would be another place where people could gather and eat or perform daily activities. Okay. Probably was a flat roof, which makes sense, with, uh, with steps up to the roof. And then what these men had to do is they had to basically dig through clay. And um, there was probably clay and branches that formed the main part of the roof with, with some big logs, just to give a strong structure. But it, it would be doable for them to find a way through, firstly, flat roof. And that's just a little bit of history for you to make sense out of this. But the first thing when you cross over as a church is you cross over with a stretcher is that we are called to be carried. We are called to carry and to be carried. Okay, Very important. Very important. As a church grows, as a church moves, we are called in this journey at certain times to carry one another and at other times, we need to be humble enough to say, carry me. What? So what's interesting about these guys is it's easy to find one friend to quickly come and help because it's, it's one man's very mobile. But for them to, to have four people carrying one man, it, it meant that it was a priority. It was a mission which had priority. They, they four of them agree, agreed, we will do this today. We will help our friend. And we will lay down the daily chores and, and other things. And we're going to make sure that we carry this person today to where he needs to be. All right? And what we learn from that is there's times when as a church we will need to pull together to carry those among us. And make it priority. Amen? Not a byproduct, but an essential part of what we do. So, another thing to say about that is, we created as humans by God, 
there will be times when you need to, when you need to be carried. You are created like that. You are created at certain times to not cope so that God can show his goodness to you through the people around you when they gather around you and they start to carry you to the destination where you need to be. All right? We are called to carry and be carried. Let's go on. Not going to be long tonight. And they came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men and they could not get near him. I'm repeating that scripture. Because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him and when they had made an opening, they laid, they laid down the bed on which the paralytic lay. Now, the second point I want to make is sometimes you need to carry with tenacity. Okay, Sorry for that word. Tenacity is a word describing it's a type of endurance, okay? A tenacious person, they never give up. And there's time when we need to put our hands on a stretcher and one of our friends is on there and you need tenacity. Now, interesting, when you, when you go for the, the definition of tenacity, it's, it's very interesting what the, what the dictionary says. It says, um, the ability to grip with firmness. All right? And they link it to the scripture where Jacob wrestled with God. And it says his hip was already out, but it did not let go. He had tenacity. Lord, you must bless me. You must. You must. Even being injured here, tenacity means to hold on and push through. If there's one place where people need us when we walk with them to push through, it's church. It is the church, it is the place where the most people in this world probably have picked up their emotional wounds. Because you come to church with an expectation that the people there will be perfect. You come to, with an expectation that you are going to a church where everyone is basically Jesus. And it's not true. And so we pick up wounds up to a place where we're actually spiritual paralytics. And we need people to come around us to pick us up and to carry us. And on this journey, we often carry someone that needs to go a mile further than the rest. And then what do we need? Tenacity. Firmness of grip. Hold on. So my encouragement to all of us here today and you can apply this quite wide, but when I say, when it comes to friendship and you are carrying, maybe you're helping with some other people, endure, but I want to ask you, who are you thinking of right now? Don't give up on that person. Because maybe you, you're almost at the house. But these guys thought, oh, the house is like a kilometer away. Uh, got there. Oh, now we must go through the roof. Tenacity. We'll make a way. If there's no way, we'll dig through the roof. Okay? If the roof was made of steel, tunnel. But this man, we will get to Jesus, and nothing is going to get in our way. Tenacity. And it means that we have to love past our offenses. We have to love 
Pas, ja, maar die persoon het een keer dat van my gesê, you, you have to hold on. Because we are the church. We're not the world. Okay? So we hold on. And we carry. And so we, we bring people to the front and we say, listen, um, everyone looks fresh today. But let me tell you what, with a young one in the home, it can get rough, Nezon, certain times. What do you need? There's some people that need to carry with tenacity. Nefi gaan sikke pastoor raak, he? Man is, man ken sy plek. So I want to just throw a few more things out there. When it comes to carrying one another, hold on, hold on to the person you are married to. Hold on. Get people to come help carry. Don't let go. You need tenacity because on the outside there's no tenacity. There's only comfort. But we are not the outside. We are the inside. We are here to go out from this place and show that when God is with a person they can make it. Amen? Hold on to your friend that is struggling in the faith. They might need you now more than ever. Carry them. Now, if you are on the stretcher, okay, that's very hard to admit. Okay. If you are on the stretcher, here is what the enemy will say to you. You are being an inconvenience to the people around you. Alles al daar, jij is nog hier, Klim van die stretcher af, daar is die hoop vir jou nie. It's a lie from the pit of heaven. I'm friends with a bunch, a bunch of pastors in this town and in other towns. One pastor comes to the meeting and says, I'm not going to come anymore because you guys are doing so well and I feel my church, we're really suffering and I feel that I'm bringing you down so I want to excuse myself from this group. If you ever needed support, it is now. That's when you get off the stretcher. Okay? And so what you need to do is you your throat slick. And say, guys, I need to be caring. My wife and I right now, no one wants to admit it, but let us be honest, we are really, really struggling. Will you guys get around us and, and, and just promise us one thing, don't let us go. Don't let us go. You just stick around. That should happen in here. Okay. The carriers are not perfect. Just think back of the clip. Okay, so they, you coming with this problem, you might get dropped on your head. The, the, God will send angels. Okay, you'll be, you'll be okay. <laughs> you guys get what I'm saying. Amen. Cool. Let's go on. Only five points, two down. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Okay? When Jesus said, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, your, your sins are forgiven. Okay. Whose faith? 
Whose faith? The carriers. Only the carriers? Who said, okay, so Jesus sees faith. We agree on that. And it's plural. He says their faith. Does he see the faith of the four people carrying the man? Or does he see the faith of the four people and the man on the stretcher? Who says the four people? Okay. Who says five people? Okay. So uh, it's a, it's a difficult question because Bible commentators will fight around this. What they would say is the man on the stretcher has no way to show visible faith. He might have faith in his heart, but he's on a stretcher. The faith that is visible is those who are carrying. Right? Common sense. But Jesus says to him, your sins are forgiven. And you can only be saved by grace through faith. So five people had faith. Four people's faith were very visible. All right? So what this means is, when people come together, we're talking about crossing over with a stretcher, at times we have to carry. Listen, get stuck in and carry because you know what? Tomorrow you might be on the stretcher. So the culture of carrying needs to be ready because one day I'm going to lie there. Okay? When we gather around a believer or an unbeliever, here's a, oh, let me just interrupt myself. Can you carry someone that does not know Jesus to God? Yes. How? How? Come on, let me gather. Prayer. Okay. What do we do on Mondays? Intercede. What does intercession mean? It means to go between. So if this was a, if this was a judge here, Peter, yes, judge, here's the court, the lawyer goes between. He says, judge, what is the charges? Well, let me explain the situation. So Jesus is our intercessor, is what scripture says. Okay. He comes down from heaven to stand between God and man. He dies in our place and he's made a way between two parties that was drawn apart through sin. Okay. Now we can do the same by praying for someone you love that does not know Jesus. You carry them to Jesus in faith. So let's say, for example, tonight, uh, Peter and I, we will pray for a friend. He's not even here. We carry him to God in faith. Then Jesus will see our faith. And he will turn to the paraplegic and say, Son, your sin is forgiven. So because we come together, God's hand is moving there. You understand how important this is? This is extremely important for the church. Once again, in the world, it's each man for himself. Peter, come here that I can see your can stand, that I can see you can come. I come here that I can see can stop. I shared this at Encounter 1. Who saw the pastor that walks on his people on the way to the airplane? Because he's scared that he will get defiled if he puts his shoe on the ground. No joke. The congregation lies from the building to the plane and he walks on the people. <laughs> Incredible, huh? And the people, they're like, oh, they're so glad that they can touch the pastor, but he's stepping here on their neck. That's so the opposite, eh? As a pastor, as a leader, we should follow the example of our Savior, 
who gave himself to lay down for us into the grave. Okay? So out there, every man is for himself. As a church, our heart should be to carry one another to lay our lives down. Number three, Jesus rewards the faith of the carriers. I would say the man on the stretcher also had faith, otherwise Jesus could not forgive his sins. Okay, But the faith of the carriers brings the man to Jesus. So I want to summarize this point like this. If you need to be carried through a situation and you wonder whether you have enough faith, if you have enough faith to call people to help, it's enough for God. It is enough. If you if you can shoot a flare, come help. It is enough. God will work with that. Sometimes you need the faith of other people because you are downcast and you've been there for a few weeks and you've got no more faith for this area and then in comes the carriers. And they put their hands on you and they, or they, you guys take hands and you pray. But it's their faith that gets God's hand into the situation. In a time of crossing over, in a time when we want to grow, it's important for us to look around and carry one another. There's pr- practical practicalities with this as well. Someone literally might need bread to eat. And there's a spiritual side where we need spiritually to work through the situation at hand. Jesus rewards the faith of the carriers. Everyone with me? And he rose and immediately picked up his bed and went out before them all so that they were all amazed and glorified God saying, we never saw anything like this. We never saw anything Like this, I want to say, number four, put your faith out for a miracle in your own life. Listen, I'm not talking about a new car, okay? That's easy. That's not a miracle. I'm saying, I'm challenging you, put your faith out for that big thing in your life to shift, where you shift into God's plan for your life. What is standing in the way? Get the carriers Go to God and say, these guys said, we've never seen anything like this before. If you look at my life, you'll aim too low. We need to trust God for amazing things. That person you've been praying for, you've given up, go back there. Put your faith out. That area in your life, you just wish you can get through this, I don't know, insecurity, this... Just being overly sensitive and hurting yourself and other people. Trust God again. Have faith. But don't be alone. Call the carriers. <laughs> Come on. We're moving, but I'm, I'm, I'm hurt here. Carry me. Have faith for miracles. The greatest miracles, the greatest mountains that must move is the mountains in our minds and in our hearts where we harbor beliefs and thoughts that limit our lives in Christ. It, 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 it's like a, a boundary line where we limit our callings. I've never prayed for someone who is sick. Up to now, yes. 
but we've never seen. That's what they say. This is the first time we've seen it happen like this. So, you know what? Maybe your next step is to put your faith out and to pray for someone. I've never shared. I've ne- I, okay, I've given my heart to God. And it's so amazing. I really enjoy small group and these people. But I've never shared my faith with anyone. And so what the world teaches us, us is, I've never done it. It's better I do not try because maybe I fail. Worldly thinking. Worldly thinking. Go through the roof. Go through the floor. Come very right. I don't care. Take your next step. Amen. Maybe you're so scared of church and small group because you know what? You shared to a group of people and I let her from you. And you told yourself never again. Rather you get hurt again and you have a gentle heart than creating a hard heart. Go back there. God will bind up injury. Trust again. Be vulnerable again. Be smart about it, okay? We love it when we encourage sharing. Don't share with 10 people which one trusted person maybe was now. Okay, I'm just throwing that in there. Are, are you guys with me? But go there again in your heart because he's a God of miracles. You might just be blown away. Last point, we're wrapping up. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, to come in through the roof, Stof op amal sy koppe, paar rotte val dier die dak, sy gemors, obviously the guys, ons alweer Janny, ons weet ek kan nie stap hier, nou kom hy dier die dak, nou it's a small town, it's a small town. We all know Janny had a dream to walk, we've been, we, we, we've been hearing it every year at Christmas when everyone tells a story, and now he comes through the roof, I wish he would just get it, that's how we think, I wish he would just understand, he will never walk. And then Jesus says, you will walk. But, more important, the first thing he says is, your sins are forgiven. Why? Why does he start there? Why does he say, first, your sins are forgiven, and not first, take up your bed and walk? Number five, Jesus performs the important miracle first. The forgiveness of sins. Let me tell you why. Where is that man today? He's in heaven. He's spirit. Where's his body? Where's his legs? Okay. He got a new body in heaven. That's what scripture says. You're each going to have a new body. Amal, out young. Ik gaan een nieuwe lijf krijgen. Dus ik knie pijn, bijt het vast. Okay? Strap hem op, spuit hem in, penado, in ons bed ook. You're getting a new one. The guy comes in through the roof. He cannot walk. Jesus says, I forgive your sins. The people are quiet. He gets up. They say, we've never seen anything like this. Where is his legs? It's rotten somewhere. So, so it's great he could walk, but there was a time when he could no longer walk because they laid him in the ground. Where's Lazarus? Lazarus come forth, died again. <laughs> so why is the forgiveness of sin the greater miracle? It does not help you are running around when you are on death row, okay? 
if eternally you're going to be apart from God, if eternally you've not come to Christ, it does not matter whether you can walk or not. You are eternally injured. And so Jesus comes and teaches us something. First, first, forgiveness of sins. Because four men carried him. You can stand tonight. Let's stand up and let's wrap up the evening. Why do we carry one another? Why should we carry one another? 1 Peter 4, 1 Peter 2, verse 24. He himself bore our sins. That word bore is the same word as carry. Okay? Jesus carried your sins. We just had a great weekend away with some of the leaders and I was just speaking to, to Vian about the cross. Um, and he keeps on saying this, which I just love. Jesus did not die on a cross. He died on your cross. He carried it. Like the man carried this man, he carried your cross. He was the first one to carry he carried it all the way. After he carried it, he got on it. And then he took your sins, put it, took it on himself, he carried that, and he received the punishment for it. So that anyone that would come to him and say, Lord, my sins also, my life also, make me new. That in that moment, if it comes from a sincere heart, the father can say, son, your sins are forgiven because it was carried by Jesus. So as I have done to you, do unto each other. Amen. Let, let's pray tonight. Let's close our eyes. Holy Spirit, we just welcome you here as God with us. The Father is in heaven and the Son is seated next to Him, but the Spirit is given. God on earth with us. And Holy Spirit, I just ask that you speak to each one. Whisper the word or the words of comfort, the words of healing that each one needs to hear because I do not know. The small group leader does not know. Maybe you yourself do not know the extent of injury in your heart. But the Spirit does. Whisper the words, Holy Spirit, to your people. I want to make an invitation tonight. We do it every now and then where... We just want to give someone opportunity to pray with someone. 
And so I'm going to make an invitation. I'm going to ask some people to put up their hands if they want to. I'm telling you from the start. And then um, we'll get someone to you to pray with you if you want to. So here's my invitation. If you want to make right with God, whatever that means to you, I don't know what happened in your life, but if you want to make right, just interpret that to yourself. For yourself. Then we want to help you. And maybe as a congregation, as a group of people, put our faith in our heart together and just get you there. You know, just carry you there tonight. And so that is, if that is you, you want to make right tonight. I'm going to count to three. And when I say three, I want you to put up your hand as high as you can without being shy. Because you're coming through the roof. Amen. If you want to make right with God, I want you to put up your hand in one, two, and three. Thank you for those hands. Thank you for those hands. Just put them very high so we can see you. We're going to send someone to the side. I'm not going to call you to the front. If we can get facilitators on the outsides. And I'm only going to ask you to be so brave as to make eye contact with someone in the, on the side and just step out. They will take a prayer from there. Thank you, guys. This is not to embarrass anyone. It's just to give you the opportunity not of a lifetime, because that's too short. Opportunity of eternity, amen? What I want us to do as a group with those people on the sides and us standing here is let's pray together a prayer of commitment unto God. I do it daily, and we can do it tonight, whether you know or not. So, so let's pray together. Lord Jesus, I am here before you. And I'm not standing. I'm on a stretcher. Because that's my spiritual condition. I'm not okay. I, I don't have it all together. I am here because you, Jesus, carried my sins onto the cross. And then the Father dealt with it. And now I can be clean. And I can follow you. You are my Savior. You are my Lord. Not only Savior, but Lord. So instruct me. And as I read your word and hear your voice, I will follow. I'm not Lord of my own life. I've given it over. In the name of Jesus. Amen.